Hey there, lovebirds. Happy Wedding Wednesday, and welcome to Your I Do Crew, a wedding planning podcast. Each week, Atan and Lindsay bring over 30 years of industry experience to the table with insight and interviews from local and national wedding pros to give you the best tips, tricks, and hacks that will take the stress out of your wedding planning process and help elevate your special day. So grab something old and something new. It's time to listen to Your I Do Crew. Hey crew, this week's wedding horror story is a bit of a departure from the tone of our previous horror stories. Usually whatever we're bringing you will highlight some either bad luck or dumb luck or poor choices and we get to make fun of it and make light of it but at the end of the day to provide you with some solid advice for making sure that it doesn't happen to you at your wedding. Today's different. I want to start off right at the top by offering this content warning that this will be talking about domestic abuse so if that is something that you find very troubling or very triggering now is the time to turn off the podcast. While I do think that this information and this story is important to get out here, the last thing that I would want would be for you to have some mental distress or to bring up painful memories of your own. So once again, a warning that there will be discussion of domestic abuse going on through this episode. So with all that being said, today I want to tell you about a couple that I didn't marry. This couple had contacted me a few years ago, and I had gone out to meet them, and honestly, they seemed fine on the surface. And when I had asked them how they met, they told me that they had actually met in group therapy, which I honestly thought was great. I am a tremendous advocate of mental health and trying to erode the social stigma around seeking mental health services. So when they told me that they had met in group therapy, I really didn't think much of it other than, oh hey, if they were in the same group, they may have been dealing with the same thing. And for obvious reasons, I'm not going to go into exactly what group they were part of or what their mental health issues were. Suffice it to say, they were each seeking mental help. And oftentimes, as people do, who have been going through mental struggles or who have had mental health issues, they had trouble finding work, holding down steady jobs, and their housing wasn't always the most secure. Now, most of that is just background information. I met with them a couple of times over the course of a year as we got to know each other and started to plan their wedding. Now, they had been together for a couple of years at this point, but one of my first indications that something wasn't quite right was that they couldn't seem to agree on anything for the wedding, whether it was location, theme, tone, spirituality. Now, when I'm working with couples to plan their wedding, I always expect that there will be some compromise, some give and take between the couple, especially if they come from different backgrounds, different faith traditions, anything like that. I can certainly expect there will be some discussion and some maybe light disagreement, but eventually, if you really want to get married, you know that compromise is at the heart of every strong relationship. And it just seemed like every time we got together, they couldn't come to an agreement. They couldn't decide, couldn't come to a decision. And a couple of times it ended up getting very tense. Now they never got physical in front of me, but there was just always something a little bit off. As we got closer to the wedding, one of the members of the couple reached out to me privately via Facebook Messenger. And all of a sudden, our conversation took on a very different tone. This person told me that they were being mentally controlled, mentally, verbally abused. They were being prohibited from contacting people, unable to be around friends or family. 
being verbally put down, being told that they had no one else in the world, and that no one else would accept them. They were terrified that their fiancé would find out that they had been communicating with me, not in a group message. They had to hide their Facebook Messenger trail by using a separate account that their fiancé didn't know about. They asked me not to text their phone for fear that their fiancé would find it. I responded that I was very concerned for their safety and asked if they had anyone in the area, any close friends or family that they could go and stay with because they were living with their fiance at that point. They said that they didn't. I encouraged them to reach out to law enforcement or to their mental health professionals, but they said that they didn't feel safe doing that. The following day, they messaged me in a group conversation with their fiance saying that they were sorry that if they said anything weird the previous day, that they were off their meds and very sorry about any stress or confusion they may have caused. All of this was classic warning signs to me of abuse. But in a situation like this, I really wasn't sure how to proceed. I didn't want to reach out and call their phone for fear that I might alert their abuser. I didn't know the name or practice of their mental health professional, so I couldn't reach out to them for help either. And they had recently moved again, so I didn't know where to even call safety services to have them check up on them. Thankfully, a couple of weeks later, they reached out to me again and asked me for help getting away. They had set up another anonymous Facebook profile, messaged me from that, only using it from library computers. I was able to connect them to someone who could help them, and they were able to get out of town. Now, the story takes an interesting turn here, and if you're familiar with a lot of stories of domestic abuse, this might be a familiar tale. A few months after I helped them get out of town, I was once again contacted in a Facebook group message by both members of the couple, stating that they had reconciled, gotten back together, were in couples therapy, and wanted to reschedule the wedding. Although I had a lot of misgivings about the situation, I agreed. I thought that in this case, the best thing to do was to keep making myself available as a resource and a safe person. Well, to make a much longer story short, after a couple more months, the abusive behavior started up again, and the abused person left. So the wedding is off, and this time, hopefully, for good. So why would I tell you such a troubling and depressing horror story that didn't even happen at a wedding? Because here's the thing. Domestic abuse is real. It happens so much, and it's such an unspoken problem. Many times, people in these situations don't even realize that they're being abused or that there's help out there. There are so many resources available for someone who is in an abusive relationship. It might be physical abuse, it might be mental abuse, it might be emotional abuse. Abuse is all about power and control. Abusers use their knowledge about their victim to play on their insecurities. They may target their family, their friends, their past, and as I said, it can take so many different forms and it's often different from abusive relationship to abusive relationship. If you or someone you know is being abused, you should absolutely reach out for help. There are so many resources on so many levels. My community has an absolutely incredible domestic violence shelter called The Cocoon. The Cocoon not only houses domestic violence victims, and helps them get back up on their feet through educational programs and support, but it also reaches out into the community and does educational programs with the schools, trying to teach students and young people the signs of abuse and how not to become abused, as well as do everything they can to try and teach people not to be abusers. 
In many communities, you're able to dial 911 for emergencies, and they can put you in touch with your local domestic violence resources. But there's also the National Domestic Violence Hotline, which can be dialed at 1-800-799-7233. Or you can reach it at thehotline.org. And on that site is so many resources about what domestic violence or domestic abuse is, how to identify it, who is most at risk, and what does a healthy relationship really look like. And it is my earnest hope that every one of you who is listening to this is in a healthy, safe, committed relationship and you're planning the wedding of your dreams. But if you're not, if you don't feel safe, if anything about the story that I told you hits close to home, I want you to know that there is help out there. There are people who want to help you and you are worthy of being helped. I know this is a departure from our normal programming, but this came to mind because just last week my calendar popped up a reminder for their original wedding date. So I hope you don't mind that I hijacked your usual fun, silly horror story to interject something that I thought was pretty important. Next week, I promise, we're diving right back into your regularly scheduled wedding programming with an amazing interview that you won't want to miss. And that's this week's episode. Thank you again for listening. We are so glad that you choose to spend your time with us. Remember, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as $1 a month by going to patreon.com slash your I do crew or leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast network. And make sure that you subscribe to make sure that you don't miss a single episode filled with great stories and wedding tips. So stay tuned for all that and more on next week's episode of Your I Do Crew. This is Atan, owner and chief officiant of Weddings for the Ages. You can find us on The Knot, Wedding Wire, Facebook, and Instagram as Weddings for the Ages. And this is Lindsay Roselle with Lucky Bird Photography. You can find me on Wedding Wire, The Knot, and you can also find me on social media using at Lucky Bird Photo. If you liked what you heard today, help us spread the love. Comment, like, rate, and review on iTunes and Google Play and share on your favorite social media platforms. We love feedback. So if you have any suggestions or if you want to ask us a question, email us at feedback at youridocrew.com. Thanks for listening, and here's to love, laughter, and happily ever after. Cheers. I want to get, I want to get, I want to get married. Music credits are as follows. Song title, I Want to Get Married, by artist D. Cylinders, from the Free Music Archive. Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international.